0: Hi folks and welcome back to the Racing Mentor Sponsorship Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about content again but this time we're going to be covering how to have fun with it. So whether that's your social media content, blog posts, newsletters, YouTube, whatever it might be we're going to talk about how to inject some real kind of personality and fun into the things that you're creating. As always I'm here with Toby Trice. How are you today Toby?
1: As always yes I'm very, very good a little bit stressed I'm in the middle of moving home which I'm very excited about A uh, new new place to live which is quite exciting but um yeah I'm good how are you how are you doing Jess?
0: Yeah really good that's super exciting that you're you're moving like on top of everything else that you're doing.
1: Yeah just to add to the to-do list of many things that I've got going at the moment but yeah just jump in the deep end and figure out how to swim later, right?
0: Absolutely. That's like the only way, isn't it? Is there another way that no one's told us about?
1: It's pretty much my motto.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So let's talk about content. Obviously you've done bits and pieces with social media. You've got your YouTube channel. Obviously I've been a content creator for 10 plus years. So I thought it would be really cool to talk about how people can have fun with their content. And I hope people are already getting a sense of this from doing RM Fast Feb on Instagram and on other channels with me. But I want to look at how you can kind of keep that going because I think the more fun you're having with your content, the more likely you are to be consistent. I don't know if you found that, Toby.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm particularly not consistent right now, but I do find that when I'm kind of creating and enjoying creating, then I'm, I'm super super consistent and when i dedicate that time to do that then it's, it just flows really nicely i think that's kind of where i started out with my youtube channel is kind of as i was learning something every single time i was posting a new video and that kind of creative element really allowed me to rather than follow trends of what other people were creating i was kind of pen to paper and going right what can i do how can i learn to do this and and that that kind of gave me some sort of really cool energy to sort of flow with it and i think you've had experience similar sort of experience Jess, right
0: yeah, absolutely. I think anyone that is is really, really engaged with their own content is going to have more fun making it. And that's actually going to co- come across in the final thing, whether that's a video, a blog post or a photo. I think the more fun that you're having, the more your audience is going to enjoy something. And I know that, you know, a lot of people are, you know, trying to be super professional, or they're trying something new, but that doesn't mean it can't be fun. And in um, episode, I think it was 33, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about content types with Board of Seeing. And I think that's a really good example of how people are just posting because they, they know that they have to rather than having fun with it. So I think if you're, if you're trying stuff new, that's new, and even if it's like super professional and you might even think, you know, a bit dry, you can still have fun with the, the creation process
1: yeah, and I think that's how the, the RM Fast Feb's just come together, Jess, because you've kind of spent time planning RM Fast Feb that people can, can follow. And it just shows how, how creative that it can be for people. And I think it's really good to consciously plan ahead. So once for RM FastFab finishes, I hope that inspires people to then sort of plan their next month out. Because once you've got that plan together, you can then have fun creating content with kind of a structure in mind. And I think that's what I've really enjoyed seeing with all the content that's been created with the um, with the RM FastFab this month.
0: Yeah, and I think you know, obviously RM fast is quite a you know, an intensive month of content creation just to get people used to what it's like to be consistent. Yeah. So I'm hoping that, you know, people have done pretty much every day to go and then do, you know, every other day and keep that going consistently should then feel really easy.
1: Because you've already put the work in, right, for daily. That's that's a good effort.
0: Exactly. So, you know, it, you're being consistent, and having fun with your content doesn't mean posting every day, but it, it means kind of sitting down and saying, right, what are the content types that I can create and like how can I plan this out so it's as easy as possible to do it and actually yeah. I've I've really found this with so I've just uh I think I've mentioned this before just revived my Jess Shanahan YouTube channel and I'm having so much fun filming and editing that it's making me you know spend uh, one morning on a Saturday doing it Where normally I'm like no no work on weekends when there's no racing so it's been quite it's quite a good example of how I'm you know I'm enjoying something so therefore I'm doing it and the consistency is there I told myself one video per week and I'm doing two
1: yeah that you're really smashing it my phone's constantly got notifications of Jess posted uh, another video on YouTube but but I'm really enjoying that Jess because I'm sort of seeing this kind of engagement that you create on YouTube now and it's wicked to see you back it's because because I don't get to see you often or haven't seen you for like almost a year
0: oh my god but it's yeah it's
1: crazy right it's actually quite nice to sort of see your personality back on screen so i can actually kind of like have that bit of interaction like visually so and and you can really see that you're kind of really engaged in creating that content because it's it is it's great like i'm I'm really enjoying it so thanks for thanks for posting i've just got to kick my butt into gear (laughs) because i'm a little (laughs) bit behind on that
0: yeah. And it is tough. And I, I, you know, I think you've obviously mentioned creating a content plan. And I think that that's, that's something that, you know, everyone should be doing because if you, so I have like a, a huge content plan on something called notion. And I, every time I look at that, I'm excited to create the next video. So that that's a good way for me to kind of sit down and, and do the thing. And, you know, it's been the same with blog posts, email, newsletters, etc. et cetera. What's but I notion, want, Jess? Oh, so it's like this, I don't really know how to describe it I don't even know what it calls itself but it's it's like a planning or research platform it's free there is a paid version but I don't know what you get from it I ne- haven't come up that I need it yet but within it you can create kanban boards like you can in Trello but you can also create tables and just documents everything in there and it's, it's just really nice and easy to use. I'm really enjoying it. So I'm using it for all of my goal tracking for the year. So health goals, money goals, everything, but also for uh, YouTube in terms of like, so I have this Kanban board, which is like where it has multiple columns and you can move bits around. And I have one for the idea, is it filmed? Is it edited? Is it it scheduled? Is it published? And I can just move the ideas around. So it helps me keep track of what I'm doing there.
1: That's really cool because that kind of keeps you organized, which is um, partly the kind of secret to this.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I I really struggle with like really complex, like, you know, project management platforms. So like my my team at JetSocial uses monday.com. I never look at it. It's just way too overwhelming. So I I just let people like look at look at that, handle that, do the jobs and then tell me what I need to do. (laughs) And then I put it into Notion or in like my, you know, to do list, my written to do list. But Notion is actually the one that I'm, you know, kind of sticking to because it acts like, you know, I can I can write down a script for a video in there.
1: It sounds really good.
0: It's really handy. Yeah, it's really good. I I recommend anyone check out. I think the uh, the web address is notion.so, but I'll put it in the uh, the podcast show notes uh, on blog.racingmentor.com if anyone wants to check it out.
1: Yeah, worth a look, because because like the whole kind of thinking outside the box to create content and sort of plan ahead. It does require a lot of planning. Like if you look at some of these like TikTok's kind of trending right now, isn't it? People kind of really on that platform and using it. But some of those videos are really clever, like some of the kind of transitions and and how they film stuff. Like that's a real art and that takes a lot of time to sort of learn that how you film it there's so much behind it for just what a 30 second video isn't it and thinking outside the box to create these kind of really cool ideas I, I love it I'm-, I'm just amazed at what people are creating and we've seen some amazing stuff on TikTok and now that's ending up on Instagram it seems with the reels mm. um but I love I love that that sort of out of the box ideas and something new and different
0: yeah absolutely and you know the people that are creating this you know mind-blowingly different content aren't just coming up with it on the fly actually a lot of planning goes into a tiktok even if it's like just such a short thing maybe only 15 seconds yeah like they they have spent time coming up with that idea filming it maybe even editing it like off platform so a lot of work goes into it so i think you know if you are thinking outside of the box it, it takes like a You know, you need to schedule time in whatever busy diary you have to sit down and say, right, I'm going to just brainstorm a load of, you know, crazy but on brand content that, you know, is really going to make me stand out over other drivers. Because obviously if you're just going, oh, no, I need to post something that keeps you properly inside your box because you just pull from the ideas that you know and those ideas that you know are inside the box. So to really think outside of it, you need to sit down and think, well, what are other people doing? What can I do different? You know, is there one, you know, wacky idea that I can run with? Is there a story that I can tell? But it takes some kind of planning and thinking about.
1: Yeah. And, and that kind of outside the box thinking, I, I actually find that it helps by not using the platforms as a follower. That's quite a big statement because we're we're all in Instagram. We all kind of like support each other and stuff. But I actually find that I'm most creative when I'm not actually using the platform as a follower because I tend to then look for trends and see what people are kind of creating themselves. And it's very easy to get in that kind of replication kind of mode, isn't it? Whereas I think when you actually can just sort of turn off all your devices put a pen to paper and go right what do I want to create what would my audience want to see how can I promote a sponsor for example and what unique way can I tell my story and actually write that down straight away all these kind of ideas come flooding out don't they rather than just being influenced by what you're seeing kind of scrolling through a feed Um, yeah I just find that that helps me and when I started my YouTube channel and I was very consistent at the early days because I was really really engaged with it at, at that point right now I'm too busy to be you know, dealing with that, that at the moment, but right, how can I tell this part of the story? And rather than kind of looking on YouTube to look at other videos, I was actually right. This is what I want to do, and this is how I want to create it. And I learned how to do kind of a slow rope B roll and how to add sound and you know all that kind of stuff, and got creative and loved it. It's, it's wicked.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm super into like the creative B roll. Like just before we hopped on to record this podcast, I was recording some like really fancy B roll for my next video. It's Love so- B roll when it's going to be like a ten-minute video where I'm literally talking about journaling, but fancy B-roll all the way.
1: <laughs> love it, love it. So, Jess, let's talk about kind of like balancing professionalism and fun because I think there's a real fine line with this kind of thing. Is that if you're if you're sometimes like too professional, sometimes you can come across a little bit stale and a little bit staged, then it can be. Quite quite boring to watch, and not very engaging. And sometimes, if you go too far to the fun side, it can always seem childish and might not represent you in the right light compared to what your what your brand might say. And balancing that, that that sort of professional fun element is is really tricky. Like, what what's your kind of experiences with that?
0: So I think the biggest thing is you've got to think about your brand. Like, if your brand is very very corporate and you want to work with you know big companies that are very very much about that very formal professionalism then you've got to kind of stay on brand but there's no reason that if your if your brand is a bit more wild and edgy and fun um then you can't go down that route but you've got to think about what message it sends to sponsors because a sponsor at one end of the spectrum who's super professional is never going to work with that fun driver it just doesn't fit And on the other end of the thing, a fun brand is not going to work with that super professional corporate driver. So you need to think about the kinds of businesses that you want to work with and and kind of match their style. Yeah. So I would always say, you know, pick three to five of your favorite businesses, like dream businesses, doesn't matter how big they are, that you would love to work with. Look at what their style is like, like what kind of content are they creating? Because it's likely that they have you know the resources to have a social media team film crews you know lots of time for planning content and and thinking outside the box look at what they're doing because it'll give you an idea of like what your tone of voice should be or like the the limits that you can go to with your content if that makes sense so i i would yeah encourage anyone to like think what's the dream business that fits with my brand and look at the kind of content they're creating, because that'll give you a really good idea of um, like kind of how far you can go and how you balance that professionalism with fun. But I do just want to kind of touch on, you know, if you are that really corporate side of things, corporate people, you know, CEOs, people in suits, people that work in the city, finance folk, they're not boring. It's not like they don't have fun. You've just got to work out what their brand of fun is so you can match it. So again, look at content, speak to people. Normally, their, their kind of fun is, is typically about creating something that's engaging. So telling a good story, using emotion to showcase something that moves someone to a buying decision. That's that's their way of creating fun content. It might not be silly or funny, but it's still super engaging. It's just it's just different. So again, it kind of it depends on your brand and what you're trying to target but i would say you know it don't think that you can't be corporate and professional but not be engaging or interesting or show some of your personality
1: yeah and and personality is really key in that i think isn't it that that kind of because i was very conscious of this when i started on youtube because i was kind of thinking right what what sort of message do I want to put out and ultimately I wanted people to know the real me and when I first was starting doing my vlog and and recording stuff there's so much I deleted because like Katie would scrutinize it she'd look at it and go that's not really you in that camera like it's not (laughs) you're not coming across as you just chatting in front of the camera and I think it was because I was really conscious of like what do I want to represent and I and I got too involved in that almost and I think kind of show my personality I, I was able to through the content I created I was able to show a kind of professional side but then I had like the outtakes at, at the end of the, the video where it, you'd see me kind of just being an idiot because anyone that knows me I do <laughs> I do pratt around a little bit but it shows I, I suppose in, in that way I kind of showed that I can be professional and this is how I can demonstrate a topic and be very knowledgeable about it but I'm still human and at the end you can still see that, that person that goes oh I've messed up you know and this is what I've done and, and I think that that felt like for me that felt quite natural because that's just how i am and then you saw two sides rather than just being all one way i don't know if that's the right advice but that's just how it worked for me
0: yeah and i think everyone who does any kind of video will start by being a bit i guess a bit more kind of structured with with how they speak to camera but then once you kind of relax it becomes that more conversational style even if you're teaching something, or again, it is very formal. And I think, I guess the biggest bit of advice I can give on showing your personality is to tell stories, tell stories that come from you, make sure they have some kind of relevance. And, you know, maybe look into proper storytelling, which is something that we can maybe talk about later. But tell stories that are really personal and treat it as a conversation with your audience. So, again, in the same way that, you know, if you're in a pub with your mates, you would have a conversation with them in a very different way to if you were at Christmas dinner with all of your family or if you were, you know, with with old school friends or if you were with teachers, like whatever it might be. You'd have different conversations, like different types of conversations with those people and you kind of change how you speak and the way that you, you tell stories, for example without changing your personality and that's the same for like how you speak to your audience like do they want your funniest cringiest story because that's you know what they're interested in or do they want something that's like you know has a moral of a story or do they want some value from your expertise again think about that and think about how you would just talk to that person or that group of people in person and if that means, you know, recording a video or recording yourself speaking to then turn into a text post or a blog post, then go for it. Because I think a lot of us are much stronger when we talk than when we write.
1: Yeah, because you show your personality, right? That's that's It's your true self, isn't it? And I think that whole kind of experimentation is, is really important because the, the only way that I've kind of learned is by exploring... Creating different types of content and exploring creating video, and I'm actually really enjoying video. I've, I I seem to just prefer it right now than than mm. I do imagery. But the thing I love with with kind of putting things out there on social media, whether it be YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, etc., there's always the delete button. And the minute I realized that, I felt less afraid to actually post something. And if things don't go too well, you can delete it. it you know, you can get some feedback from some close friends and family maybe even sponsors depending on your relationship with them and sort of see what how the land lies and then you can delete it or you don't even have to post it you can send it privately and get some feedback and that's that's a it's a part of the learning process and part of the journey to to get that content right I suppose
0: yeah and honestly the the best way that you can experiment with video is use Instagram stories because they, they don't hang around forever. It's like 24 hours. But if you want to save it, then you can put it into the highlights on your profile. Yeah, But it's a really great way to kind of just get used to talking to your audience in a way that doesn't need to be polished. You don't need fancy lighting. You don't need to edit. You can literally just speak to your audience for you know a minute or so and then move on to the next thing. And I think yeah. that's a really great way to get used to video. And I keep trying to encourage people to do video as part of Feb we've, you know, it's been in the messaging the whole way along, like maybe try video, or if you don't know a prompt, (laughs) do something else. And no one's doing it. And I know that there's a massive block there. So I, you know, if, if you're struggling with, you know, getting your face on camera, speaking to your audience, worried about being awkward, or you just don't really know what to say, do a little bit of planning, then just jump in, just get it done. Once you've done one, you'll probably be fine. And you know what, tag me in it if you want to. And I will hype you up because that's what I'm here for. So don't be worried about doing video. Absolutely try and use Instagram stories to do that because it will really, really help you develop how you speak to camera, which is so important when you get, you know, to a point in your career, when you're being asked to do lots of TV stuff or speak on the radio, different press gigs, speaking gigs, which pay really well, all of that kind of thing. Starting with Instagram stories and just, you know, talking, you know through anything that's happening in your life in that way that's on brand could just really help you get used to that and it's great for your career in the future as well
1: yeah 100 and then just um just a driver shout out here, jess if you don't mind is laura burns from um australia she's a great example of that she's always posting on stories and actually very few text stories is mostly videos of just her kind of what she's up to kind of riveting her race car talking about a product she's just tried and a brand deal and but they're, they're really fun. Like you get, to, you get to sort of, it's like I know her because I'm seeing mm. her in stories and I then am more inclined to see the next one because I'm like, oh, Laura's placed again. Like I must see it. And, and, and that really is powerful because your audience do want to know you. They want to know who you are and how you speak and how you smile and, you know, people want to see that. And as long as you understand that and the more comfortable you can feel with it, the only only way is art with engagement, right? More and more people are only going to be interacting with you because they feel like they know you. Whereas on a text-based kind of post or a picture, yes, obviously it's your words and your picture of yourself, but sometimes it's nice to hear someone's voice and see someone smile and see like their reaction when they're telling a story and whether they get emotionally happy or sad or whatever. I think that really is powerful.
0: Yeah, and it's so much easier to put that emotion into what you're speaking about on a video than it is into text. That's actually very difficult, Yeah. So um, maybe something that that people should do is look at your Instagram and think about who are the or even your YouTube, just anywhere where you can consume video and think who are the people that you will always click a story from or always click a video from because we all have them. I have like maybe 10 people where I will always watch their stories, but I'll rarely then watch other stories unless I'm like then, you know, swiping through. So think about, you know, who those people are and go and watch some of their stories, maybe the highlights and think about why. Why do you always go back to that person? And it's likely because you you feel some kind of emotional connection to them. Either you're interested in what they have to say, you feel like you know them, you trust their expertise. Usually it's one of those things. And obviously that, that differs for everyone. So it might be worth looking at like really, really high up, drivers so like i think lando norris is a good example of someone that does great content both actually video and images like instagram and stuff so maybe like look at his content or daniel ricardo someone like that as well
1: love I think, daniel ricardo <laughs> yeah,
0: super engaging content you know in different formats and you know and you probably have you know a favorite driver out there that you will always click on so yeah. maybe look at their content and see what's engaging about it but also like what angle it's pitched at so like lando norris for example and actually daniel ricardo but in a different way they're both very professional you can you can see that they're not ever going to do anything that's going to make a sponsor go oh i don't know as there have been you know throughout motorsport from other people but they're still a little bit silly and a little bit funny there's so much personality there from both of them so yeah it's worth looking at like what is it that they're doing that, that that makes that true like how yeah. do they get away with being silly but still remaining professional and wholesome
1: yeah but i think that it comes back to that kind of balance in professionalism with fun isn't it you know we know that on like platforms like instagram you'll see them kind of like mess around really smiley having a crack having a laugh and we all should have fun and have a laugh you know that's that's a big part of life and something i always try and live by but also you also see content of them being really serious and really thoughtful I've, we've just recently seen a video of Daniel ricardo talking about his paint helmet for, for this this year and it was so personal about kind of why he's chosen what he's chosen on that helmet and if you haven't seen it go check it out because it's really really cool but that you've seen that that shows a really nice kind of sensitive side to Daniel Ricardo. And on the flip side, you see also this really fun character that's literally always smiling, always up for a good crack. And he he that just really balances nicely. Whereas it's not always just all fun. He does have some really serious stuff behind what he does as well. And and that that two together works lovely.
0: Yeah, totally agree. So I, I think for, for most people, they are often trying to do too much. They're trying to do Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. True. And I think for most people, me included, because, you know, I'm consistent on maybe two of those. I think it's sometimes worth thinking about, do you need to scale down where you have a presence? And it's okay to be, you know, only only present on or properly present and consistent on one platform, because I think you are going to get way more like you you're going to get bigger results from putting all of your effort into one channel than you are by you know spreading yourself thin across different channels that's true so for example if you know that you want to do video put all of your effort into youtube but you can repurpose that youtube content to work for instagram and to work for twitter and to work for facebook and to work for linkedin so it's worth thinking about like how you do that can you like you know do some digital you know minimalist stuff with your social presence to focus all of your attention in the place that you enjoy the most so for example for me Facebook is a slog unless it's like the Facebook group but actually posting on all of my Facebook pages drives me insane I don't want to do it so I don't (laughs) um apart from very occasionally and you'll be able to see when I've done a just sit down and do an hour of scheduling because you'll see like two weeks of posts from me on Facebook (laughs) but you know but on Twitter I'm super consistent on Instagram I'm super consistent and now YouTube I'm super consistent but that's because I enjoy those platforms it's easy to you know get up in the morning and be like yeah I've I had the idea for a post a couple of days ago I'm going to sit down and spend an hour doing that rather than being like I've got an hour to spend on all of my social media I'm you know just going to do five
1: half-assed posts yeah yeah and it does show doesn't it i think it does show like like i know i've taken a bit of a step back from kind of posting content regularly the you know the last few months but i've just been exceptionally busy but when i go back to it i i my head always goes and my heart always goes like i really love creating like sort of i guess semi-long form video. so i love youtube and like you say you then can repurpose that onto your platforms and share snippets and outtakes and fun bits and screenshots and stuff and that kind of flows quite nicely for me yeah but yeah you just gotta find what's what's going to give you the best return and what you enjoy most i think kind of enjoying it for yourself is is really quite key to, to motivate you but also seeing engagement helps you stay motivated because if you get engagement rather than just likes, that makes you think, oh, okay, people are interested in this. Like, let's talk about that a bit more. Let's go into more depth in another kind of post or video or something later on. And that experimentation really, really holds you good in the long term.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know it. It all comes down to like like we said this this balancing act. So it's also a balancing act of like if you're having fun with a platform you're likely to get more engagement and it'll probably do better for you in terms of relationship building with sponsors. But I think a lot of, to to understand what you find fun and to understand what works for your audience also comes back to that experimentation. So if you're like right at the start of your social media journey and you're trying to, you're still trying to work out like what works for you, what do you enjoy? just try a bunch of different stuff and maybe don't worry about consistency on one platform at this stage, but do focus on thinking outside of the box and experimenting with different platforms and content types.
1: Yeah, hundred percent and learn behind the scenes as well, right? You know, learn how to create video, learn, learn mm. a sort of software or some of like that, because that can help sort of unleash another creative side.
0: Yeah. And actually, you know what I really, really love? What? I love it when people learn in public so I really love it when, you know, someone will come onto my Twitter and they'll be like, hey, I'm starting a YouTube channel. This is me trying to work out what products I'm or what gear I'm going to use to film it. And I've just bought myself this camera and this lighting setup. Let's see what my first video looks like. And then after that first video, they'll be like, wow, I got 10 subscribers from that. This is what worked about it. And then, you know, maybe in, you know, a year's time, they're the one with like 300,000 subscribers that's telling you how to create video content.
1: Yeah, because that creates a little bit of suspense as well of like yeah. what's to come and how they're going to grow. Like Chris Threadgill just recently bought a Honda type bar, yes. hasn't he? Civic type bar. And he's created a few posts about what he's literally just bought. And he's, I don't know if he's actually collected it yet. I'm not sure. But he's starting a YouTube channel up about his story of this type bar and literally digging it out from the dirt to make it into a race car. <laughs> and I, I'm like dude i need to see the content now like i want to yeah, see it i know so that that anticipation's already built for me like when mm. he then posts his first video i'm hitting play straight away i'm like i can't wait for that so that's a nice that's a good point there, jess
0: yeah and you know it, it, this is you know it's perfect for racers because i will if i know that you have just bought a race car and that you're going to show me exactly what you're going to do to it. Or even you've just bought a road car like Chris has, and you're going to turn it into a race car. I'm there for every single time you post, because I want to know how to do that because I love watching people do that kind of thing. And I love learning. And I spend like maybe half an hour every morning watching YouTube videos to learn. So if I can learn about cars as well as everything else that I, you know, I'm interested in at any one time, then yeah, all the better. So you know, if you're an engineer, if you're building your own race car, if you're honing your race craft, if you're working on you know, nutrition and fitness, if you're working on mental strength, learn in public. Like If you're struggling for content in this time, if you're learning something to you know, push yourself forward for the race season maybe that's a, a good way of kind of coming up with content that stands out
1: yeah and to be fair it's like like a lot of drivers don't necessarily share the like, difficulties as being a driver right mm. we, sh- we share like the kind of podiums win celebration fast slaps etc but we are all learning as racing drivers i don't I, I don't care what level we're at you're always learning right it's a, it's a steep learning curve most, sport so yeah learning public as a racing driver i think there's a, a lot to enjoy there
0: right yeah. So that's our top tip of the week. If you're stuck for content, learn something in public and post about it.
1: There we go. That's <laughs> probably our asked yesterday this week, then I've already kind of answered it.
0: <laughs> okay, Started. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Done.
1: <laughs> should we get to our driver of the week this week?
0: Yes, I think we should. So this is a driver that has been involved in RM fastfeb. And I've been really, really enjoying kind of like keeping up with, you know, what he's been doing, the prompts for fast feb this this time round were very much about personal development and like the people in your life so it's been really interesting to find more about everyone who's kind of involved so the driver of the week this week is absolutely killing it on that front and also on the sponsorship front so congratulations kyan Gohill. you are our driver of the week so you can check out kyan on instagram he's kyan racing k-y-a-n racing loads of sponsors so that in itself is just super impressive great following and yeah rm fast Feb has really helped me like learn a bit more about him so like recently he got into photography i think that makes him stand out as a racing driver and just you know going back to content just seeing the post that he did about you know hit this new photography hobby that he has really has kind of made him stand out to me as a as a driver because i now know something about him that's more than just the karting that he does
1: yeah, because it just makes me interest, doesn't it? And, and like I say, with the sponsor list he's got, you know, he's a carter and getting sponsored. And I think that's really great because people find that's a that's a blockage they find that's a struggle don't they as a carter to to get sponsorship and he's absolutely killing it but as a kind of fellow photographer myself as well I I just love the fact that he's picked up a camera and doing something different in his spare time so he's, he's, he's learning a skill alongside his motorsport and he'll be forever valuable to sponsors because he's constantly trying to adapt learn grow and that's a really good quality as a racing driver
0: yeah absolutely and you can really tell from his content that he's having fun with it and, I, and again like obviously going back to everything that we've said in this episode that's so important and it's so much more engaging and again this is you know what i wanted from fast Feb, was to learn more about people and hear their stories so well done kyan thank you so much for taking part in fast Feb. love your content and keep up the good work
1: yeah congratulations welcome to the to the winners club
0: awesome so that's it for today uh, this has been quite a fun one i'm now like super pumped to go and create some content i don't know about you toby <laughs>
1: Um, I'm going to pack boxes to move house. Maybe you could vlog it. That that should be a vlog. I'm going to vlog the move, actually. That should be fun.
0: (laughs) I've got two days off this week and I was thinking, oh, is that a vlog? How do you take days off in a pandemic when you can't go outside? I was like, no one wants to see that. People are living that every day. I'm like, should (laughs) should I vlog it? Should I vlog everything that I'm going to (laughs) bake this week while my day's off? Do it. Yeah, maybe I will. I'm I'm buzzed now just to, you know, sit down and do some brainstorming.
1: Okay, do it. That sounds fun.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We will see you next week.
1: Yeah. Take care, everyone. Bye bye.